Welcome to South Sudan in Focus on the Voice of America. I'm John Tanza on this live broadcast from Washington. Here are some of the top stories making news across Sudan and South Sudan this Tuesday, January 30th, 2024. A civil society activist says the death toll from the attack in Abye has gone up. The attack happened inside Abye in a district or an area called Minikwaji. At 11 a.m. and uh, at uh, 2 a.m., another attack also occurred. And MSF says it is battling a disease outbreak in Unity State. From April 2023 up to uh, January, we have seen more than 500 cases of hepatitis E in our We'll have these stories and more coming up on South Sudan in Focus. A civil society activist from Abia says the situation in the area remains tense after 45 people were killed during an attack over the weekend. Mien Luang says... The casualty figures has risen to 53. The United Nations Interim Security Force for ABA says it is concerned by continuing intercommunal clashes that resulted in the death of another United Nations peacekeeper from Pakistan. A Ghanaian peacekeeper was killed on Saturday during an attack on peacekeepers in the ABA box. The attack happened inside ABA in uh, a district or an area called Minikwaji at 11 a.m. and uh, at uh, 2 a.m. another attack also occurred occurred in uh, Tabian, which is uh, at the south bank of the River Kiel, and uh, at 4 another attack also occurred uh, in uh, Maidbong village. Who are attacking these areas? These uh, three areas were attacked by uh, Nwer, um, uh, Mans, um, uh, Mans. They are the people who attack these uh, three areas. So you are saying that the place was attacked by an ethnic group? Yes, exactly. Why would they attack the area? I mean, they're not here to defend themselves, but why, 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 why are these attacks occurring frequently? Uh, I think there was a misunderstanding uh, that happened, and uh, then people went there to uh, investigate the issue, and after that, they started shooting at the people, and uh, they, they, the problem was uh, between themselves, at the first place. Then uh, people from Nordinka went there to uh, investigate the issue and to see how they can solve the problem. But unfortunately, they uh, attacked those who went there to help them in uh, tackling the or in uh, containing the situation and they attacked them. And then uh, misinformation went to Kadian, uh, where some uh, nurses are there, that uh, all nurses which are in a day, 
has been killed. That's why also they attack people there, and the same thing happened in Majwa. Correct me right. This time around is not uh, the intercommunal violence between the Dinkangok and uh, the communities in Twitch County. Is that what you're telling me? Uh, yes, it is not uh, a fighting between Ngok and uh, Twitch. It is uh, between Ngok and the hospital community with Anwen. They actually uh, came to IBA after the flooding that uh, happened in uh, their areas there in Bantu and Mayong. What are the authorities in these two areas saying? I mean, the IBA administrative area officials and uh, Unity State officials. What are they saying about this? Uh, I think there is a coordination now is being uh, take, uh, is taking place between the two administrations. The IBA Special Administrative Area and the Unity State Government. They are making some arrangements and uh, procedures to see how this issue can be solved and then uh, things can go to its normality. Uh, now, according to information that we got from UNISPA, uh, around 2,000 IDPs now are uh, taking refuge inside uh, uh, Inbat, uh, Inbat uh, uh, Calm, which is in uh, Nyinukwach right now. And what are civil society activists like you, what are they doing to de-escalate the situation? Because it looks like this is uh, one of the, if you like, serious attack on the area. Uh, yeah, it is a serious attack, but... Uh, as a civil society organization, we are working hardly so that this uh, uh, conflict, uh, we want to diffuse the tension and uh, we want to investigate the issue and the perpetrators uh, should be bring into the book. What is the latest casualty figures? I mean, the UN was putting it up at 45 people were killed and um, a known number injured. What is the latest casualty figures? Uh, up to the time now I'm speaking to you, the figure is uh, uh, 52 people uh, are reported dead and uh, around 40-something are uh, injured and some, some uh, injuries are very serious and some of them are minor. Where are the injured? Are they in a hospital in ABA or where are they exactly? They are uh, undergoing a treatment at the MSF hospital in uh, Amanabek in ABA town. That's Mayin Awang, Secretary of Information with the ABA Civil Society Group. He spoke to me from ABA town earlier today. Authorities in Unity State say individuals who attacked ABA over the weekend are followers of a so-called spiritual leader who left Unity State long time ago. Information minister in Unity State says the group that attacked some parts of ABA were not from Unity State. The accusation is there's no ground because Unity State youth has not participated in any attack in ABA and the state area. I don't know on what basis can Abi and the city accuse United State government or a youth uh, that can uh, clarify uh, the evidence on why they're accusing the government of United States or the use of United States. What I know so far, we had some youth who is led away for the last three years uh, under the leadership of uh, Guy Masha. 
Laimasha. He is in Baragazal of Creek uh, County. He has uh, left United State for almost three years now. He's living in Creek County. The civil society activist is uh, specifically saying that the attackers came from a dominant ethnic group in Unity State. That's not true. That's not true. That's business. We need the evidence that can show us really those uh, youth who are participated in attack in the administrative area. But I'm sure we don't have youth who have participated in that attack because um, Abia is part of our neighboring, the best neighboring state in Unity State that we see a lot of things. Um, our youth cannot involve in any attack uh, in regard to what has been said by activists. So activists need to uh, to clarify on what basis. What are the evidence that can choose those are the youth who are participated in the attack are from Unity State. The attackers crossed from Unity State into ABA areas and started shooting at people randomly. Are you denying that? I'm denying, I'm fully denying that. They are not from Unity State, as I said earlier. How, how, how do you know they are not from Unity State? How do you know they are not from Unity State? I have, I have the full information that they are not from Unity State. Those are the criminals who flee away in our territory for the last three years. So they are moving anywhere they like. So uh, it was the last three weeks that it's actually the president of the republic has issued an order for Guy Mashagin is um, who are moving with him. That's David Guy, the Minister of Information in Unity State. He spoke with me from Bantu this past hour. The United Nations says Sudan's conflict, which erupted in mid-April, has killed at least 13,000 people and displaced more than 7 million. Sudanese political activist and environmentalist Nasreen El-Sham, chairperson of the UN Secretary General's Youth Advisory Group on Climate, says she traveled to northern Sudan earlier this month to speak with young people about their conflict experiences. They are forcing people to actually get armed fired and go to military trainings and so on. And if you didn't go, then they use the religious but lost slash the owner thing that the RSF, they took your house and they raped your sisters and you don't want to fight, etc., etc. And of course, RSF are not getting out of the houses, are not reducing the intense of the violations that they are making. So they make very much good excuse for the Islamists and the army to use it, to use the young people uh, as a fuel for the war. Did you talk to the young people who told you that, that they were being forcibly recruited? And by the RSF you were talking about, but is this also happening with the Army side, with both sides? Did you see it yourself or did young people tell you that? I didn't see myself, to be honest. I saw young people and I talked to them and they uh, told me so. Uh, Also, I can see uh, they showed me a lot of documents. And so if you are working in one of the civil service offices, uh, then you are forced and there is a, an actual decision about it and they post it in all of the offices. So you can see it yourself if you were walking into one of the offices, you can see the decision that you have to register your name and start doing the military training, otherwise you will be punished for not doing so. They told me, but I, I could see uh, evidence of that. How young are these people? 
Most of them are above 18, but there are also majority between the age of 16 and the age of 18. Also, most of the of the young people and, and women are also now reinforced to to fight. What did you see there? But what did you see on the ground? Actually, the problems were enormous, and dung fever, cholera, and all sorts of diseases are spreading so fast. There is no enough um, hospitals um, and not enough um, places to put the, the sick people or even enough medicines. So a lot of people die, especially people who are suffering from kidney failure, because there is barely devices to do the, the, the process for them, for the kidney failure uh, patients. And I think now we are entering 2,000 of people who died over um, over cholera and uh, and dung fever. Also, one of the things I noticed that the numbers of the IDBs are increasing and increasing, and there is no places to post them. There is no camps whatsoever. They are now putting them mostly in the schools or in the universities and so on. And they are very hungry. They are very thin. They have all sorts of problems because there is not enough support flowing for them. Did you see humanitarian groups operating anywhere? Yes, they were operating, but the need is is by far more than the actual uh, available resources. Um, I can't say I went into hot uh, clashing areas because it was too dangerous. Also because the army planted landmines around the northern area. So now even going there, even if you if you were not killed by the army or by the RSF, you will probably die because of the explosion of the land uh, mines. Uh, and we had two accident, uh, accidents already of two buses were blown up by them. Also the tension and the intensity of the situation was enormous. They can stop you, they can uh, interrogate you at any moment. They will ask for your ID and if you don't have ID you can go to jail or something. That was Sudanese activist Nasreen Al-Shiam who says she was in northern Sudan earlier this month. She was speaking with my colleague Carol Van Damme from Paris. You're listening to South Sudan in Focus from the Voice of America. Coming up, MSF says there is an outbreak of a disease in Unity State. Find out more after the break. Hello, listener of South Sudan in Focus. We have an exciting new segment dubbed Words of Wisdom. We want to hear your thoughtful proverbs that echo through your community. This is another chance for you to share wisdom from your roots. All you need to do is record a proverb in a language of your choice, tell us its English translation and what it means. Keep it brief, authentic, and represent your community. Your recorded proverb shall be sampled on South Sudan in Focus every Wednesday. Send your recording via our WhatsApp number, plus one, two zero two six three zero eight zero one one. That is plus one, two zero two six three zero eight zero one one. I'm looking forward to hearing your proverbs. And our proverb for today comes from Bangladesh. 
My name is Karina Chaudhary. This is a proverb from Bangladesh and in the Bengali language. It says, Dui hate tali bajena, which literally means you cannot clap with one hand. The meaning is you need two to quarrel and you have two sides to every story. You're listening to South Sudan in Focus from the Voice of America. The government of Malawi and the World Health Organization launched a new COVID-19 vaccination campaign on Monday in 10 of the country's 29 districts. This is partly in response to new cases confirmed in the past three weeks in several districts across the country. Lameg Masina reports from Blantyre. Sanje district in southern Malawi currently leads in the number of COVID-19 cases recorded this year. George Mbotwa is the spokesperson for the district health office. He told VOA that the district has registered 17 new cases in the past three weeks. Some are health workers. Of course, we have uh, registered more health workers. Initially, there were two, and uh, we had up to eight cases that were health workers. Some of them have been uh, confirmed negative, and some are still being followed up to ensure that they are fully uh, recovered before they can resume work. By Monday, Malawi cumulatively recorded 89,202 confirmed COVID-19 cases, including 2,686 deaths since the first cases were confirmed in the country in March 2020. Malawi's Minister of Health says the new vaccination campaign will help boost the number of people getting the COVID-19 vaccine. Vaccination rates in some areas of Malawi as low as 40%. It also says the WHO-funded campaign would help avoid waste of the vaccine, as was the case in 2020 when the government destroyed nearly 20,000 expired AstraZeneca doses. Much of those doses expired due to vaccine hesitancy amid concerns of its safety and efficacy. However, recent government public health campaigns on the importance of COVID-19 jobs have helped defeat that hesitancy. Mary Chawingam is a mother of two based in Majinjiri Township in Blanta. I have already taken one. I'm waiting for a booster and I'm ready to take my children because the uh, prevention is better than cure, they say. Uh, you never know what uh, the wave will be like this time around, considering the way it was way back in 2020. We've had it in 2020 and now this is 2024. Another mother of two, Habiba Nyasuru, says she received the COVID-19 doses during the first campaign and encourages others to get the job. I know that we are not safe until everyone is safe. So let others also receive the vaccine. I know that the vaccine doesn't prevent us from getting infected, but it helps us when we contract it not to be critically ill. Maziko Matemba is a community health care ambassador in Malawi. The threat for COVID is still with us. Malawi uh, didn't vaccinate the required number of people against COVID-19 because the targeted the population was about 11 million Malawians. But we were less than half, about 2 or 3 million who were able to get vaccinated. Matemba says the country now needs to have the vaccine in the right places and encourage more people to get vaccinated. The Minister of Health says the new campaign targets 10 out of the country's 29 health districts 
that have recently recorded new cases. These include Machingam, Blanta, Doham, Nzimba and Nsanje districts. Lamek Masina for VOA News. Blanta, Malawi. From Malawi, we move to Unity State, where the medical charity Doctors Without Borders says they are addressing hepatitis B at hepatitis E outbreak in Fanga County that has affected hundreds of women and girls. In collaboration with the Ministry of Health, MSF says they have launched a vaccination campaign following reports of at least 21 deaths from the virus. Nabil Biagio spoke with MSF's head of mission in South Sudan, Maman Mustafa, to learn more about the campaign and the challenges encountered in reaching some of the remote parts of the country. From April 2023 up to uh, January, we have seen more than 500 cases of hepatitis E treated in our facility in Old Pangak. Because of the recurrent flood and hepatitis E being a waterborne disease, there is uh, worse than problems whereby the communities, they have no access uh, to a portable uh, drinking water, and then uh, the accessibility in terms of uh, access to healthcare to reach to facilities, as well uh, the whole context challenge, these situations, age of death, the whole situation of uh, having these uh, increased cases of uh, hepatitis E. Most of these uh, villages are still submerged underwater. The flood water is yet to reset. This is also one of the contributing factors, as well increase uh, of, uh, malaria, particularly in those areas that have been affected by recurrent plots. I understand you campaign targets uh, women and girls in particular. Can you tell me a little bit about that and what actually causes hepatitis E? Well, hepatitis E is caused by hepatitis E virus. There is no cure. The only way to go about this is uh, vaccination. And it is more vulnerable and more fatal, particularly among pregnant women. The mortality rate, if care is not taken, it can reach up to 40%, particularly among pregnant women. Uh, so far, among the 500 cases that we admitted in our hospital and we treated, uh, 80% of them are among women of childbearing age, and more particularly pregnant women. Because of this, of the vulnerability of these certain age categories, so that is why we are targeting this group, women of childbearing age, because they are more vulnerable in terms of catching the disease as well complications related to the disease. Yes, and that's in Fangak Payam, in Jongle State. Is the virus, the spread of the virus limited to Fangak, or is that uh, just where you operate? Uh, as the population are quite uh, mobile, the spread of the virus is not only limited to Fangak. When the outbreak was declared in end of September, uh, it was declared in Fangak County and also neighboring the Pibo administrative area. But as well, still, there is sporadic cases of uh, hepatitis E reported in the Unity State that is Bentu. So it's not only in Panga County. But currently, the outbreak is more active in Panga County. I see. And uh, can you tell me about some of the challenges uh, you face in conducting the vaccination campaign in remote areas like Fangak County, uh, particularly in terms of logistics and vaccine storage and these things? Yeah, this uh, vaccination campaign is quite uh, challenging, though it's uh, very rewarding 
looking into the target age group and the, the danger it creates for the vulnerable population. So in terms of uh, challenges, the transportation of the vaccines, the maintenance of the culture and accessibility of the population is quite challenging. To transport the vaccine from Juba to Olpangak, we have to transport the vaccine from Juba to Olpangak by using the, our plane as well from a village where the airstrip is there, we have to transport the vaccine from that village, we ship it by boat. But as well, it needs a huge uh, cool chain because the vaccine needs to be maintained between temperature of 2 degrees Celsius to 8. So the whole logistic in terms of transportation, the maintenance of cool chain is quite challenging as it needs, uh, is really uh, demanding. And then uh, to explain to the community the benefit of the vaccination, the cause of the disease and the preventive measures, this is also taking time because to mobilize the community, particularly targeting women of childbearing age, you need to explain more to them the benefit of the vaccination, knowing that the population are quite mobile. So some out to the population. Education, yeah, is needed. Yes, correct. Yeah, just finally, I wanted to ask you about your target. Uh, I know you, in your press statement, you've already mentioned that more than 500 cases have been uh, treated and uh, there have been 21 deaths since April 2023. What is your target here? We are targeting women of childbearing age and in Pangat County, we are targeting basically three firearms. So we are targeting more than 12,000 women of childbearing age in these three farms of Panga County. And these three farms are the most affected farms. That's Maman Mustafa, MSF's head of mission in South Sudan. He spoke with VOA's Nabil Biagio from Juba this past hour. Still on health matters, Australian researchers have found that record heat profoundly affected the global weather cycle in 2023, contributing to severe storms, floods, and droughts. A new Australian National University study asserts that the rising sea and air temperatures caused the burning of fossil fuels and intensified monsoon cyclones and other storm systems. From Sydney, Phil Massa reports. The world's climate is increasingly lurching between extreme events, according to the new Australian National University study. The study, released Thursday, said severe storms and cyclones are dumping more water than they used to and droughts are developing much faster. The burning of fossil fuels is identified by the report's authors as by far the biggest contributor to global warming. They say that some of the worst disasters of 2023 were linked to unusually strong cyclones that brought massive rainfall to Libya, Mozambique, Myanmar, New Zealand and Australia. A lack of rainfall and high temperatures exacerbated long-standing droughts in South America, parts of Africa and the Mediterranean. Lead author Albert Van Dyke, a professor at the Fenner School of Environment and Society at the Australian National University College of Science, told VOA climate change is deeply affecting the global water cycle. On the one hand, we see that severe storm and rainfall events carry more water than they're used to. So cyclones dump more water 
and start to behave in some erratic ways that causes them to slow down, which happened, for instance, in Australia, but also in other places, dumping a lot of water in one place and causing massive flooding. On the other hand, we're seeing that droughts develop much faster. The research team in Australia used data from thousands of ground stations and satellites to provide real-time information on rainfall, air temperature and humidity in the air. Severe storms have hit parts of eastern Australia in recent weeks, while other parts of the country have battled bushfires. In the first few days of summer, in early December, a heatwave warning affected areas in every state and territory, apart from the island of Tasmania. Increasing natural disasters in Australia have raised concerns among politicians, environmental activists and scientists about the impacts of climate change. Australia's government has legislated a target to cut carbon emissions by 43% from 2005 levels by 2030 and to achieve net zero emissions by 2050. Phil Mercer, VOA News. Sydney. That's all we prepared for you this Tuesday, January 29, 2024. We now leave you with uh, Kang JJ singing in his native Noel. I'm your host, John Tanza, on this live broadcast from Studio 14 here in Washington. On behalf of our producer, Kwame Ofori, and engineer Cornelius, we wish you a lovely evening. Remember to join us again tomorrow for another edition of South Sudan in Focus from the Voice of America. 